G'day everyone and welcome to our Brownlow edition of the Weekend Wrap. We've had a few weeks off, uh, but we're here to uh, listen in while they count out those votes, uh, talk a little bit about the grand final coming out this week, and also just talk about the trade news going on. So without further ado, let's smash straight into it. G'day, Maka. How are you going, mate? Oh, very, very good to be back on Procast, mate. <laughs> it certainly is, eh? A few weeks off. Yeah. I think yes, I've managed to yeah. get everything sorted. I don't think there's any glitches. I'm sure people will tell us if there are glitches. <laughs> to I, see I mean, what it, happens. It's an unusual thing. We don't normally start like this. I know. We it's, normally, uh, it's... normally start with a problem. It's a well-oiled machine, mate. Well-oiled machine. <laughs> oh, look, it's good to hear your voice, mate, after all this time. And thanks to uh, the few that have joined us. I know that the Brownlow's on and people are probably watching that. But uh, I just felt like, you know, the Brownlow can be a bit of a bore fest, a bit of a snooze fest. So why don't we just uh, have a bit of a chat while the Brownlow's going on and there's plenty to talk about, isn't there, mate? So, uh, And we'll keep an eye on the Brownlow in the background. Yeah, well, just, you know, talking about the Brownlow, um, Cripps, Neil and Oliver are all tied on 16 at this stage. At the, virtually not quite the halfway mark, ele- round 11. Um, they would be, I think it's only five chances, I think. I think the... I think so, yeah. Lockie, Lockie Neil, Oliver, Cripps, uh, Brayshaw and Miller. Miller, yeah. who I don't think ever gets the full value votes that he really should, but... Um, yeah, they'd be the five. And a team, you might. That's what I'm getting at. And, uh, I, you know, I think, to me, I know, I'm narrowing it down to two, and that's uh, Neil and Oliver. That They were my two before we started, and uh, that's what I'll stick with and see whether I get it right. Yeah, look, that sounds re- reasonable. I, uh, I'm a bit of a go for Paddy Cripps. Uh, as you know, he's a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, they do drop away a little bit, Carlton, towards the back end, so... It'll be interesting to see how that pans out at the business end, but certainly it's going all right at the moment when the uh, when the blues were firing. Uh, look, I just need to say g'day to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and also on Discord. Um, uh, feel free to have a chat. I will be updating um, the uh, the live tracker as we go along. As you can see there, it's right up on the screen. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Paddy Cripps now in the lead with 17, uh, Neil and Oliver on 16, Petrarca on 15. Unfortunately, Benny Keys uh, dropped away, Mac, <laughs> pretty quick <laughs> after a fast start. Yeah, but interestingly enough, he was moved out of the midfield, and um, once he was moved out of the midfield, he was never going to attract any votes. Uh, prior to that, it, not that it, all of his possessions were great possessions, but the umpires don't seem to worry about that. They just worry... They just see a body getting a lot of the ball. And, yeah, uh, that's right. That, that's why Keezy would have got a lot of votes early. 
Yeah, very true, mate. Very true. Um, look, uh, I was going to say, um, aside from the Brownlow, there's just, it, hasn't it been a cracking final series, mate? Actually, it's uh, probably been the best one on record with one match, just the one match uh, when Melbourne faded away in the second half. But every other game has been an absolute belter. where You can't really decide who's going to be the winner until the, you know, the very, very last uh, seconds of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's... Collingwood could have even snuck that game. Um, that's how, I mean, the ball was, you know, that close to their goals and in the end I got right through for a point which saved their bacon. Uh, but every game has been an absolute ripper. Look, and, you know, many are saying that Collingwood were a little bit unfortunate uh, with the decision towards the end, but, uh, you know, I think... Uh, oh, it was a rotten decision, there's no doubt about that. I mean, first of all, he pushes him in the back and then he's paid a mark that he's actually dropped. Um, but, you know, he was... I heard him being interviewed and they discussed that particular point. His reply to that was, well, yeah... Maybe that wasn't 100% right, but then again, if you go to look through the match, you'll find there were a lot of incidents that weren't 100% right. Well, that's it, isn't it? Um, that's it. Um, look, I thought it was six one half dozen the other, to be honest with you. Uh, no, I think it was the wrong decision. Um, but then again, there were other wrong decisions in the in the uh, you know like during the game. There probably plenty of. Them. Yeah, well, that's true enough. That's true enough. Look, but uh, I'm actually uh, glad that um, Sydney got in because I think they're a much better show of actually uh, doing a number on uh, Geelong. I don't think Collingwood's forward line would have held up against Geelong. Well, I think they got within the six points of them last time. So um, Yeah, they did. So I think they would have made a game of it and they would have had about uh, probably... 60-70% of the crowd barracking for them. So um, Sydney, on the other hand, won't have that sort of backing at, at the MCG. Uh, I don't know what, and I really don't understand the politics of footy in Melbourne, whether the city team barrack for Geelong in a final, if they're, if they're the only Melbourne uh, team there. Do you know? I'm sorry, what did you say then? My the point was, I don't... You know, if, if there was a Collingwood or an Essendon or one of those, uh, yeah. like a city-based Melbourne team, you'd have the crowd barracking for them uh, quite vigorously. Yeah. Uh, but Geelong's almost like a country town and outside the metropolitan area. Do they have that same state loyalty to, to Geelong? Oh, I think so. I think so. I mean, there'll be a bit of support for the Swans, obviously, with their heritage being South Melbourne and the Bloods culture, and every time the Swans have made a grand final, they've been very well supported. So um, I don't think there'll be any problems there. And, and the Cats uh, had a pretty big season, so uh, I reckon it'll be uh, well supported on both counts, Mac, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'm glad I changed my mind during the year. I remember saying for about half the year, I didn't think that Geelong could win the flag. And about two-thirds of the year, I realised they'd changed their game plan and the way they moved the ball. <laughs> yeah. And instead of that uh, kick mark, kick mark, and then doing it at a quite sedentary pace, um, they sort of 
sped it up quite a bit, and uh, that's made them very, very dangerous because of the forwards that they they've got well, to kick to. So, so if you catch it, get a ball in there pretty quickly, there's a very good chance they'll get a goal. So, um, on paper, you'd think Geelong would win it, but I'll be barracking for Sydney. Yeah, same here. Look, uh, Geelong are just making use of their strengths. Um, they've got a, 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 a dynamic midfield that I mean, they're not contestable beasts but they do get good numbers and uh, they do stand up when it counts but they've got Stuart down back playing that mop up and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how Sydney handle him um, and then they just want to get it down into their into their forward line because they've got so many targets down there they've got the two tools with Cameron and Hawkins and then they've got uh, Gary Rowan slotting in and then a couple of smalls along along there with it and they can also chuck Dangerfield down forward so you know they've got plenty of scoring power. Um, you know Blitz ass in the ruck is is dynamic. Um, as I said, Stewart down back, and they just put ball carriers around them, and away they go. So I wonder whether Sydney will make it a bit of a scrap, or whether they'll try to have a shootout with them. I think if they have a shootout, they might get un- uh, come undone. Well, I think you're quite right about that. Uh, if they Allowed to be very, very open football, they'll get done. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. That's not just my opinion. Um, I think the strength of Sydney is to uh, scrap hard. And um, although they, when they played Collingwood, they played a, a team whose only strength is to scrap hard, <laughs> um, which is one of the reasons why they got beaten. But, uh, but uh, sorry, nearly got beaten. But, um, you're right. The forward line. I think there's two. There's two parts to Geelong. There's their forward line, and the way they structure their defence. And I thought that Collingwood for a half a game were absolutely stupid. They allowed Geelong to man up their defence as they like to do with one uh, defender behind everybody else. Yeah. And the number of times that they kicked the ball down there, and it came out so easily because of that spare defender. And. Uh, you know, when when Fagan came out and said it, um, going back to that particular game, that when he said at half time that we're going to man that we're going to man that player up, I thought, why did you allow it for half a game? <laughs> why, did I just, you, why did you leave it so long? <laughs> exactly. I, I, just, right. I just, just didn't get that. Didn't get that yeah. at all. Um, I thought that was quite stupid. But I. I I'm sure that City, look, I think Longmire is a very good coach and I'm sure that he will account for that. So, yeah. uh, if and and Sydney have got a pretty good forward line so that if they do the right thing and if they do man up like that, I think that in the midfield, Sydney got a pretty good midfield. The danger to Sydney is that forward line, that forward line where you've got so many op- uh, players, three in particular, that can actually tear you apart. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, the interesting one for Sydney, uh, Mac, is Reed, uh, because he's really come on as uh, an, a foil for um, Buddy um, and in many cases is probably their most prominent forward. And uh, with a bit of an injury cloud on him, um, I don't know whether Buddy and Logan McDonald present enough of a threat to Geelong, so they'd be really hoping that Reed comes up. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the forwards that are the danger to Geelong are not the tools. You're quite right. It's the smalls, 
they've got very, yeah. very good spells. And what Reed did, he, he contested marks, and if he didn't get the mark, he'd get, at least get the ball to ground. And yep. that's where Papley and uh, Heaney and others can they had the opportunity to get the ball. So right. I would love to see Sydney uh, win the game. And I'm not saying they can't win the game. And But I think they've got to make sure that Geelong don't get the, have their own way in the back lines and uh, have that set up where they've got the player behind the, the play and allow you one more player up the field, which is the way yeah. that, what they do. They just back yeah. themselves. And it does work for them. And it does work. You're, you're exactly right, Macca. They've got to bring the ball to ground in the forward lines. If they let Stewart just get uncontested ball the whole time, um, they won't be able to get blokes like Heaney and Papley into the game. So they really need to be making strong contests at centre-half forward. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, I, I think that's almost the key to the game. I think the midfield's fairly, fairly even. Um, I think Sydney's defence is underrated, but... At the end of the day, I think it, it will Sydney's defensive um, efforts will largely depend on how much ball Geelong get in forward fifty. If Geelong get a lot of forward fifty entries, then Ge- uh, Sydney is sunk. I think. Um, but yep. if they can limit the forward fifty entries and make enough of their own um, without allowing the ball to bounce out, then it'll be a contest. I think. I read a funny little point which I thought was quite uh, quaint, actually. That uh, Sydney, it's been 26 years since Sydney have won a pre- preliminary final to go through, in Sydney to go through to the grand final, and in each case they've won by one point. There you go. Um, another yeah, little think- interesting stat: um, the team that's had the close preliminary final has won more often than not uh, versus the team yeah. that's had the easy preliminary final. Strangely enough, that's true too. So, and um, look, you you do wonder about Geelong's conditioning. It'll be the, you know, the second game in however many days. Um, they had the week off, an easy game against Brisbane. Brisbane were terribly disappointing, in my opinion, um, and didn't really offer much resistance to Geelong. And Geelong would have hardly got a bruise out of that game. Um, so, you know. Um, they haven't had a hard, tough game of football uh, for for a little while. I, I thought they were shocking, actually, Brisbane. Um, they really were, in the sense that uh, there were so many players that just didn't perform on the big stage. And um, as I said, I also blame the coach as well for allowing that structure to continue as it was. Yeah, now look, uh, Inquisitor on the chat, um, and g'day Inquisitor, um, and others who have joined us on the chat, uh, says that fatigue is their biggest foe. I don't know whether it is. I reckon that when the whips are cracking, you want to, like, it's harder to step up a gear when you haven't had to step up a gear for a while. And I just, I just think that, um, you know, Geelong would want to be out to a fairly good lead. Um, at three-quarter time to be comfortable, I think, because Sydney will keep coming. And I don't think it'll be yeah. fatigue that'll worry Geelong. It'll be their ability to step up a gear when Sydney start cracking in. interesting thing, though, is that it did work for them what they've been doing. They've been resting uh, Selwood and Dangerfield uh, alternatively in games. And 
they brought both those players back fresh as daisies, and uh, they both had very, very good games. Mate. And it, uh, it is it is good management. Uh, they have managed those players well, mate. Yeah, and you know they've only played uh, that one game. Um, probably played both games, but um, it was twenty six or twenty seven days in between games. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're going to be that battered, that bruised, and uh, and. So I don't think I don't think that fatigue is the problem. It'll just be sheer ability, I think, in the sense yeah. that uh, the one thing I will say about Sydney, I've never seen a, or rarely seen a Sydney side that's not desperate to get the ball, and they'll be. I'm sure they will apply the uh, appropriate pressure that's necessary to win a flag, and for Geelong to win, they're going to have to match that. Yeah, and I think for Sydney to win, um, they're going to have to withstand um, momentum shifts because Geelong will get a run at some stage and they will kick, kick a couple of goals, Hawkins and and Cameron and, and uh, Stengel and uh, Mayan Grys and a few others down there. They'll, they'll get on a roll at one point, you would think, and Sydney have to yeah. be tough enough to withstand that and keep coming. I think if Sydney keep coming, that's their best chance of winning. Uh, just an update on the scores. Neil on 19, Cripps 17, Oliver 16, um, Petrarca 15, Brayshaw 14. Um, yeah, so look... What was that it's, sorry, was that the end of t- round 12, was it, Fiend? Uh Round 12, yes, that's right. Yep. So, uh, look, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed the final season and uh, series, and I also have enjoyed the SNFL... Um, final series macker and we don't talk about the SNFL that much but uh, oh, what a cracking grand final it was today It, it was a beauty and uh, a bit of a slight upset you'd say slightly because um, North Adelaide have been the best side all year um, Norwood they were uh, Adelaide put them to the sword firstly but then they played their next game and qualified back to bounce back against Adelaide again and uh, we're much too strong for Adelaide in the end, ran away from it there towards the end. And uh, today North Adelaide got the early lead and I thought they would hold it. And then, uh, to their credit, uh, they, you know, the, the Ds came back and they sort of always felt that North were always just going to get that extra goal and win the game. But it didn't work out that way. Well, when they got those two goals at the end of the third quarter, I thought, oh, there goes the momentum break. And uh, I must admit I was barracking for... Yeah, I must admit I was barracking for Nord because it's my grandfather's team and the first team that I barracked for before, uh, much to his uh, heartbreak, I switched over to Sturt when I was about six. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, those two goals at the end of uh, the third quarter, I thought, oh, that's the breaker. And then... um, it was just a slog at the end, and uh, Panos kicking the uh, the winning goal it was probably fitting because he's an absolute powerhouse for them, and he's had such a good career with Nord, and uh, a fitting way to uh, finish grand final, I would have thought. Yeah, they got that at the 28 minute and 10 second mark, and I thought to myself, they could only be at a minute or so to go in the game. Yep. That's what it proved to be, about one more minute. So yep. well done by, the, uh, by Norwood. Uh, 
I mean, as I said, they had they had their battles. They lost to us, then they won their way back in again, and then they beat us. And now they've knocked off North Adelaide, who probably looked like they were going to win all day. And uh, it just goes to show with perseverance, and if you never give up, what you can actually do. And, and uh, I think you were quite right when you talk about panels. He's been good all the way through. So, um, no, congratulations to Lord. They deserved yeah. it just through sheer effort and sheer determination. Now, the leaderboard after round 13, Lockie Neal got two votes, Brayshaw got three, Cripps got one, Oliver got two out of the uh, lads in the top half a dozen or so. So that leaves Neal on 21 with Brayshaw on 20, 18 to Cripps and Oliver, Petrarca 15, Miller 14 and Mills 13 sneaking up there. So uh, pretty tight count, pretty tight count. Yep. Yeah, well, Tones in the chat makes a comment, which I 100% support. She says, hope Newell's, Neil wins because Cripps is the ump's golden boy. And I reckon he gets a lot of votes from the umpires. And I don't think he's best on ground because he's got a big body and he has big impact, etc. But you watch where the ball goes when he kicks it most of the time. He, his impact on the game is big in the sense of when he actually gets a ball, but not necessarily big impact on winning the game. Mate. You've been shitting on Patrick Cripps for three years. I have. And uh, even when I've been uh, supporting the lad, uh, not forgetting that Patrick Cripps should have been wearing a Crows guernsey if we'd actually drafted appropriately. (laughs) Then I would have thought differently about him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really like the kid. Yes, he gets a little bit from the umpires, and yes, he's a bit scrappy with ball in hand, but... uh, um, Oliver's a bit scrappy with ball in hand too, mate, and uh, I'd have either of those players in my team first picked, I reckon. No, only one, Oliver. Oliver, <sighs> I, I just love Oliver. Love Oliver. He just no, nah, he gets the ungettable ball. Well, he didn't get the un- ungettable ball against Brisbane. That was shocking. That 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 performance that Melbourne put up was shocking. Oh, the, the second half, but that was the whole team. It was terrible. Yep. Uh, I, I reckon, you know, just digressing a little bit, I reckon, nah, Nikki Hassel in the chat, uh, sees girl, Oliver is shit. That's just a ridiculous comment. He's not shit by any stretch, but uh, anyway. Um, I reckon Melbourne got ahead of themselves, Mac. I reckon they played arrogant football. Because um, I pick it uh, in particular in that game. Um, got far too far ahead of himself. He was in people's faces. He was having shots for goal when he should have passed off. Um, I don't know whether we'll see Melbourne and regroup. I think there might be a few little factions in that team, Mac, and I reckon they believe their own hype and uh, they got found out. Prior to the finals, I've got a feeling that their form was pretty ordinary, actually. Um, Yeah. Didn't they only win something like six out of their last 13 games or something like that? Yeah, 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 they weren't great. They weren't great. I, I, didn't they go 10-zip or something and then they fell right away? I think they uh, yeah. thought they yeah, were they unbeatable. Hmm. Uh, thought they were unbeatable. Um, they dropped off and then they had a nice win just leading into the finals and I thought they probably thought to themselves, oh, here we are, you know, this is how we play. Um, but uh, they got found out. They played arrogant football, Mac, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see whether Goodwin can keep that group ticking over as a team because uh, they just started to play like individuals halfway through the season. Well, one thing Goodwin did, which I think cost him plenty, um, 
Max Gorn is the best ruckman in the league by a thousand miles, and his impact on a game can be massive if you use him correctly. But for some strange reason, um, he was using um, what's the young lad's name? The Jackson. Jackson. He was using Jackson as his first ruck, with Gorn spending most of the time in the forward pocket and or even off the ground. And I think that it was a massive mistake, massive mistake. And I couldn't understand it because Gorn is by th- by far the most influential ruckman in the competition. Well, I'll put it to you, Macca, that Gorn was carrying a groin for the last month of the season. That and I reckon that why. had a bit I reckon that had a bit to do with it. Uh he was struggling with that groin and uh it got worse and worse and look, it always strikes groins are nasty and to me you just don't play a bloke that's carrying that sort of an injury. Um and they should have should have just like you know what's the old saying about playing injured players you see it so many times where teams go in playing injured players and it never ever ever works no never does it always lets you down yep never mind all right so um we're just uh yeah we're still at 13 there so uh around 13 so we'll Tick along. Now, there's been a little bit of uh, trading news, Macca. Uh, obviously, the big one is Isaac Rankin and uh, the debate, I guess, about how much we should be giving up for Isaac. Um, my feel is a late first rounder, probably 12 to 15, would be appropriate. What do you think? Well, you're in the same ballpark as me. You know, this business said he's worth pick five. He's not worth pick five. I no. mean, Charlie Cameron. Charlie Cameron was worth pick 12, and he was playing much better football consistently for longer than Rankin uh, is. And so to me, I've always, and I've been pretty consistent with this, by saying that I believe that Rankin's about a pick 15, genuinely. He's worth pick 15. So how do we, how do we manage that, I suppose? Is we've got, we've got, I suppose one way of doing it is, and which is, and it all depends what you think of, the chances of getting um, Francis Horn next year, and he still hasn't committed. I wish he would do one, do one or two things. Say I'm not going to commit or or whatever. But um, if you think that he's out of the running, let's just say you think that you won't get him next year. That because with the Clarkson factor, that because um, he he's already made comments, he's quite much but much happier that, that now that the Clarkson's there. So and they haven't even played a game yet. So if you were to assume that he is not going to be available, then I'd be giving away our first rounder for next year, but I'd be wanting some change back for it. Um, uh, I'd be see, wanting. I, I don't. I don't agree with that, mate. Well, I, I wanted to keep the that. first. I wanted to keep the third, the first round, so that we can get a uh, top midfielder this year. Well, that's that's my that's my thinking. Yeah. Well, there's two ways of looking at it. We either, if if we think we can get Matthias Philippou um, with um, a, a late single figure like a, an eight or nine or something like that, um, then we go ahead and try and split the pick. I think uh, there's a couple of clubs that uh, would be in the market for a pick five uh, for. A, a couple of later picks in the first round, and uh, that would be my first go. Try and get to say pick seven and twelve, or or 
seven or eight and, oh. and fourteen, something like that, and then use the second one on Rankin, and use the first one to try and pick up Matthias or someone similar. There's a couple of good mids in the in the draft at the top end this year. Um, the second option, of course, is to um, try and fiddle around. Pardon me, try and fiddle around with uh, next year's first. Uh, but that's a bit fraught with danger, in my opinion. So I'd I'd be trying to split our first this year if I could, mate. Well, when you look at what uh, Gold Coast have actually got, they've got uh, they've got pick seven in the second round. They've got pick twenty five, thirty one, and thirty four, and in the third round they've got pick forty three, fifty two, and then they've got other picks after that. They are loaded with absolute picks this year. They don't need picks this year, but they do need picks next year for a father son situation. So. Um, Who's going to be very high up? So they will need. They, yeah, they will don't need, need a first rounder for that. They just well, need points. Well, uh, yeah. I, what I'm saying is they'll be they'll be looking more for next, uh, draft picks for next year rather than this year because they've got they've got an absolute swagger draft picks and they can't. They're, apparently, their uh, salary cap is tight again. And they can't afford to take in too many players. So, as I said, so my, my, my thoughts were that I would be saying, well, here's our, if we do, if we go down uh, this path, you've got our future first, and I want uh, Rankin and your pick 25. And I think they would do it if you just kept on that particular path. Now, going down the path that you were suggesting, and I've been examining that, and the problem I can see is this: that um, we to split the pick. Sydney have got picks fourteen and seventeen. They're the only ones that have got two first rounders. So if we split the pick with them, um, even if we was say offered pick seventeen, pick fourteen is not going to get us Philippo. That's our target. He's going to be. But he's going to probably go. You're forgetting a few things. GWS are going to have 936 picks after they get rid of Hopper and Taranto and um, the other bloke, Tanner Bruin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So GWS are the ones that we'd be trading with, in my opinion. Oh, well, well yes. Well, at this stage, they've, they've only got pretty well standardly uh, pick three, pick 21, pick 39, then 57, 59. So, um, but they could be... They could have another two to three first rounders. That's um, right. So they're, they're, they're the ones probably, that I yeah, yeah, well, you're probably right. That that's probably a fair target. Gold Coast has still got pick seven of their own in the in the first round. So yeah, um, they you could do a three yeah. way. You get seven from Gold Coast for um, five and Rankin with something from I don't I don't know I don't know how that works. But like you could you could. Get the three clubs involved, in my opinion, or, or you could have a have a chat with GWS afterwards. There are ways of of splitting the pick that probably aren't evident just yet, depending on how the how the uh, how the trades fall in week one. You'd expect the GWS stuff to get done reasonably early, Macca, because they're salary dumping, so um, they're not going to mess around too much. They want to get those things done, I believe. Um, and they'll be hungry for picks because they need to bring in some young talent. So um, I reckon GWS are the one. Well, it depends how creative we are. If you remember right back to the year that Rankin and Lacocious were drafted, Port Adelaide 
were in a worse position than we were to get those players. But they they managed to uh, trade from a, a much more unfavourable position than we were by several moves. They you know they they got traded with somebody to get a pick such and such, and they'd split that pick and they'd trade another one to get such and such. And I I thought they were so innovative that year, and that's the type of thing that we've got because all we've got really from a starting point is we've got pick five, we've got pick 23, we've given away our third, we've given away our fourth, and then we go to pick 77. So, I don't think Port were that innovative. All they did was dump a couple of players to get up to pick six to get ahead of us for Rosie, that's all. And then they picked better um, no, they with traded, the remaining picks that they had. I also traded very well with Frio, though, as well. Not, not no, that's what I mean. That's, that's what I mean. And then they just did the same with Brisbane as well. So it, it, I thought they were very, very clever the way they did it. Yeah. Yeah, they they so, they got rid of talent though. We see the difference is Mac that we didn't have a a wing guard to get rid of. We we don't have that player. That year so, was Burton. When wing guard, wing guard went to Hawthorne. But I think it wasn't it Burton in the year of the. Uh, no, I'm talking about the. Wing, I'm sure it was wing guard. I'm sure it was wing guard that got got them rosy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I get your point. But what I'm saying, I guess, is that we don't have the playing stocks um, to be able to trade players, in my opinion. It's, the, the players that we'd be interested in trading out aren't going to get us the picks that we need, and I think what we need to be doing is getting creative and, look, whether we can do something with, with this year's um, pick five, uh, whether we uh, need to do something next uh, with next year's pick instead... Um, to be honest with you, I, I'm of the mind, Macca, that whatever Jason Horn Francis does is next year's problem and we mm-hmm. need to deal with what we've got in front of us and what we've got in front of us is a very strong, uh, tall midfielder um, that's a South Australian lad um, in the first round. I don't think he'll go above pick eight, Philippou, um, but he'll certainly go in the top ten. So we yes. need to have a pick. We need to have a pick um, ahead of Port Adelaide uh, to be able to to nab him because I think Port would be quite happy to get him with uh, Gray and Boke and, and uh, you know those blokes uh, coming towards the end of their careers. So I'd be happy with uh, if we ended up with Philippou and um, Rankin and uh, whatever else happens after that uh, with maybe Michael Lanning coming in as a father son uh, or maybe someone else. Rook- I, I, very, there's there's some good tall SANFL talent around at the moment, Mac. That centre half forward for uh, Norwood impresses me a lot, and I reckon he'd be on a couple of teams' radars. If not for the rookie draft, then certainly for the mid-season draft next year. Yeah, no, I think you're on the money. There are a lot of good SA lads at the moment, but I think that given our situation, not having a lot of draft picks, and um, I think if we, if we ended up with uh, Rankin and Philippou and Michelini, uh because Nixon said he, he's very happy with the crew that he's got. And the way that we've been uh, recontracting players leaves us with very few opportunities to um, delist players. So it's, we're obviously not going to go in for a big haul of players unless we can actually trade some out. 
and there, and there will be possibly some traded out. Um, you've got Frampton possibly to Collingwood, and you've got yep. Shoal and Fisher who may be, and Crouch who may be, and I think that probably they all will be in the end. And that, yeah. and that will probably then opens up the whole situation. And there's also extra draft picks for Michelani at the other end as well. So, um, Well, it gives us a few picks. It gives us also a few list spots, Mac. Um, and, of course, we have to make mention of the fact that um, um, Luke Brown has retired after, what, 189 games uh, and a fantastic career, uh, unfortunately cut a little bit short by an Achilles that he just couldn't seem to overcome um, at the end. Um, you know, um, you know, I made mention during the week that, uh, you know, out of the little mini draft situation that got us Brad Crouch and, uh, Luke Brown, Luke Brown was always seen as the, as the second stringer in that deal, but he turned out to be the, uh, turned out to be the, uh, the main event, didn't he? Yeah, he was really regards to steak knives in that particular event. And, um, as you say, he'd be, except for the, like, the last, bit of his career where he was suffering was it groin that he was suffering uh, no, Kelly he slowed down so so massively and uh, but prior to that he'd been an absolute rock really ever beaten and you could just count on him every week that he would do his job and uh, he had an outstanding career and it's a pity that it's ended with injury the way that it has but uh, no I salute him he he was a great uh, player for the club and he's done the right thing by retiring because he can only come back as a, probably nowhere near the player he was, and nobody wants to do that. That's right. Had a year to go on his contract, so could have just seen it out, um, but bailed early, and uh, respect to him. So that frees up a spot. Um, we have to elevate our Category A rookies this year, I think. Butts and uh, is it Keys? Butts and Keys. Um, no, yep, they can have an extra year this year. Oh, no, do we? they're allowed an- yeah, they they because of COVID, etc. They're allowed an extra year. Yeah, okay. Uh, I thought that was last year. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we may want to upgrade them anyway. Anyway, depending on how we go for spots uh, to make way for a couple of other rookies. But uh, um, as I said, there's a couple, given our situation down back, where we're fairly lot on for key position players, and given that we don't really have. Um, Another, even I mean, we've recontracted Elliot Himmelberg. Um, we'll probably lose Billy. Um, you would think that would be on the prowl for a, some sort of key position defender with only Murray and Butts there, uh, with Worrell and Duday, etc., being sort of third tallish types. Um, so you never know, we might go to the rookie draft on that one. Yeah, we probably will, but as it, as it currently stands, um, we had the maximum amount of number of players you could have on your list. We had uh, 38 on the main list. We had four rookies and two Category Bs, but we actually had five rookies uh, because we took um, – what was his name? The, the, the Glenelg player. Oh, Turner. Uh, Turner. Turner. We took Turner. And because that's only in a short-term situation because of a – uh, player out with injury for the year, so we actually were one. We were one over. So when now that Brown's retired, we're actually back on the number. So we're back on with the forty-four players. Um, yep. So we have to whatever number of players we've got to pick. We actually have to make those sort of vacancies. And I think that 
I think they've well, pretty you've got well Mackenzie Shoal, Frampton and, and Crouch are the possibles at this stage. Yes. Um, I'm I still are, not I, convinced that McAdam won't go back to WA. Um, I think there, there'll be a strong push from both those Western Australian teams to get um, Shane back to WA because uh, both of them need dynamic forwards. Yeah, he's contracted, and, and I think the club would just say no, quite frankly. I don't know about um, that. For the right price. He, he's not yeah. untouchable, Macca. It's a shame McAdam's not untouchable. Come on. Well, what would you take for him then, Pete? Probably take a, a late second. Yeah, I agree. He's not untouchable, and we've got uh, another forward coming in. So, yeah, you might be right, but uh, I don't think that's probably in their plans. But who knows? They've kept their cards very close to their chest, and they all they put out this uh, published uh, information that. Um, you'll hear lots of names, you'll hear lots of rumours and uh, pay no attention to any of them. We will always announce if something is actually going to happen. But what they're really saying is that you can speculate your head off, even if it's true, we're not going to say nothing until it happens. That's right. So, you know, there's a fair bit going on. Uh, The the Billy deal seems to be done uh, from all reports to Collingwood. Um, uh, He's requested a trade. so uh, uh, that seems to be a done deal. Just got to get that done. And I reckon if we get any sort of meaningful pick for Billy, it'll be a, a, a win. Um, I'm not expecting much more than probably a late third or early fourth or something. Well, it's what Collingwood have currently got at the moment is that um, they've got a first, no second, and then they've got three thirds, uh, 42, 47 and 48. And... I think that we might be able to wheedle, uh, pick 48 out of them. We might get 48 out of them, which will help us with Michael Lanning, if that's if that's what we want to do. Well, um, I think the yeah. club is going is committing to him. Um, yeah. Um, Maddie in the chat mentions Poulter. There has been a few little tiny whispers about Caleb Poulter wanting to come back to South Australia. Nothing in the mainstream press as yet. Um, what do you think? Uh, couldn't well, get in the Collingwood team. Uh, second year on an AFL list. He's an interesting player because he he gets a lot of the ball, and most of his ball he gets is by running and making space, and not so much by contested ball. And Collingwood were all about contested ball this this year, and that's probably one of the reasons why he didn't get in the side because. Um, I, th- I thought he played quite well last year and he, for a first-year player, but as I said, he played basically as a, a running player who'd make space to get the ball. Um, played him off half-back, I, didn't they, Collingwood, for most of it? Well, I, I like the lad, but to me that to me, he's just another Lockie Shoal, really. No, he's a little bit stronger than Lockie. Um, a little bit overhead, stronger. Definitely stronger overhead. I think he's more versatile than Lockie Shaw. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be spending much on Caleb Poulter, to be honest with you. No, I wouldn't either. I, I think I'd rather have the draft pick. I think so, yeah. Um, even if they wanted to do a swap with uh, Billy and a, and a few picks chucked around, I think I'd 
probably say, nah, look, if you want to... I don't know whether he's contracted or not, Poulter, but... Uh, um, no, he's out, of, they, he's out of contract. They, they might... Uh, they might delist him. Who knows? I don't think so, though. He's not a terrible player, but he's a pretty go. Caleb Poulter, did he go second round? Uh, yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, he's not going to get that now. Uh, anyway, look, um, you know, uh, aside from that, I think that's all that I've heard. Um, you know, we had a lot of scuttlebutt during the course of the year uh, that we're looking at um, Hopper. Um, but that seems to have settled down, and it looks to be a Geelong or Richmond move for Hopper now. Yeah, unfortunately, Hopper won't be coming here. Um, he's going home to Victoria. Um, there was a little bit of talk about uh, a couple of the Fremantle defenders, Logue, who, but Logue's going to Melbourne. I think he's going to North Melbourne. He's terrible. He's terrible. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, but the one they would have really liked to get, but he has since uh, re- taken out another three-year contract with Freo, and that was Cox. Uh, they yeah, they no, were definitely they were, de- they were definitely heavily into him trying to get him, but they couldn't get. That him. That was last year. That was last year, and we won't, we won't get we might get him under free agency. That's about it. That uh, would have been a yeah, good pickup because he's a damn fine player, but uh, he's not coming home. Um, but Logue, no, you get it. he can go to North Melbourne and play with all the other spuds. He was terrible in their final, I thought. Yeah. Another, another, yeah, he was actually. Um, I think the main two main areas we get, and I know we're getting Rankin as a forward line, but I'm sure they're going to use him on bullets somewhat as well, surely, because the two main areas, I think the, our forward line, which is unusual for any club really, is our strongest uh, area, you know, of the three areas. Uh, the midfield is reasonable but could be better. And if we're vulnerable, it's down back, as you say, for tools. So um, well, We're only vulnerable down back in the case of injury, uh, Macker, in my opinion. I think our starting lineup is pretty solid, uh, particularly with Worrell coming on. Uh, in the back end of the season, which is really pleasing. Um, you know, uh, having Roland today available as your mid-sized tools, uh, Butts and Murray as your two uh, key positions, and then we've got a, a, a cast of thousands to fill flanks and pockets, um, even with Lukey Brown uh, finishing up. Um, you know, up forward, we, we seem to have enough cattle. This is why I am strong in us not giving away too much to get ranking in order to miss out on Mateus Philippou. Because from what I've seen of, of Philippou, he's strong, gets his ball, uh, he's got good delivery on the left, um, uh, can hit the scoreboard. I really like the look of him, and I just like the... He, he's this, he looks to be, the, to me, the size of Jackson Hately, but all the things we wanted Hately to be that Hately isn't. Um... <laughs> I think you summed him up perfectly there, Fiend. I reckon he'd he, just he, top off our midfield nicely, you know? Oh, would he ever? No, he's he's the right size and his, his mobility and, uh, yeah, he's got all the factors that we would like in a, in a, a, a you know, a, a, not an undersized midfielder but a nice oversized midfielder. Yep. Um, not slow, Uh but the the most important thing is he can deliver the ball, Mac. His disposal is pretty decent. So, uh, 
It'll be very interesting to see, and of course, you know, as we draw closer to the draft, we'll hear more, obviously, but um, uh, the uh, negotiations with Rankin are, are going to be quite interesting. Uh, just uh, getting us up to date with the Brownlow, and we're at round, what are we at? Round 17. 17. Yeah, we're, or we're counting 17 now. So we've got Neil on 24, Brayshaw on 20, Cripps on 20, and Oliver on 20. Miller and Petrarca slipping back on 18. Jeez, I'll tell you what, with the with the finish of the season that Lockie Neil had, he could be a dual Brown, Brownlow medalist in about uh, 40 minutes. He, yeah, he's in there. He's in there. Uh, Miller's just moved up to 19 now too. Yeah, but Lockie Neal had a good back end of the season. I'm actually surprised he polled so well in the first half of the season because um, he was getting tagged a little bit from memory. But uh, he's uh, it's his to lose, I reckon, right now. Yeah. Oh, look, he, he'd probably still be the favourite, but the others are close enough to get him if they're... Well, I reckon Cripps yeah, drops away. Um, yeah, I reckon Brayshaw had two Bra- or three poor ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oliver, also had, Oliver had Oliver strong finish. Yeah, Oliver Miller strong finish. Miller, they got a couple of wins too, Gold Coast, but I think he's just too far behind. Um, really, when you think about it, Neil probably polls in another at least another three matches. So that's maybe thirty-three votes. Um, if he gets, you know, Brayshaw snuck up to one behind him. Um, so really, I reckon it, I reckon you could almost draw a line under Oliver, and and it's just those four now: Neil, Brayshaw, Cripps, and Oliver. Yep, yep. It's, Very interesting. No, it's an interesting one. The one thing about it, it's going to be a good football. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless it's Patrick Cripps, according to you, he's an absolute spud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming he's not going to win it. <laughs> no, I don't think he's a spud. I just think he's overrated, that's all. Yeah, okay. Whatever, mate. <laughs> um, so I, I guess, you know, while we're waiting for the, uh, to the, for the draw to continue... Um, See, Barney Magic agrees with me. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, and he's a wise man. What did you think about the? Uh, well, that's debatable. What did you think about the um, the Crows' performance in the SNFL finals, Mac? In particular, a couple of the lads, um, the young lads that are looking to push into the uh, into the ones over the next twelve months. Of the uh, ones that played, well, obviously the one that really stood out was Peddler when he was really, uh, at that first game when he was 100% fit or seemingly fit, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And if you could get him going, if he could play at that, and we know he's got that in him, and, and if you can get him so his body could just hang together uh, and he could play like that, that would be absolutely beautiful for us. Well, we've got the There's best in the business to do that. Mate, so uh, if anyone's going to get him right, Burgess is, and I agree with you. Uh, we need to get Peddler, and and he needs to get himself AFL ready. We knew that he was uh, nowhere near AFL standard fitness when we got him, but we loved his his talent, 
and I think that's been borne out by the by the glimpses that we've seen. But if he doesn't start getting on the park, Mac, then at what point do you throw up your hands? Yeah, uh, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, well, you give him a couple of years, uh, but um, it's got to be next year is very important for him and, and for us because he could be so good for us. Yeah. Um, the other player that really stood out and um, he'll definitely play AFL next year is Zach Taylor. Yeah. Now, he's a... Uh, he's pretty light at the moment. He'll build his body up a bit. Um, he's got he's got good pace. He's very elusive. He's got good disposal. Uh, no, I I think we've got internally we've got good material for the midfield. Um, Taylor just needs a little bit more body. And Peter is Zach Taylor get... is Zach Taylor going to be big enough to hold down a regular AFL midfield position? I think he will be. In the, yes, I, I do think he will be. Um, you don't have to be that tall. You just have to be good. For no, him. no, no. I, no, I'm not saying tall. And I think, what is Zach? I think he's 180, 180 centimetres. Um, He'd be about a, a 180. Um, someone will tell me in the chat if I don't find it first. 181, it's probably Vardy Magic thinks. Well, let's see if Vardy Magic, the all-knowing Vardy Magic is right uh, because, no, he's wrong. Impossible. 182, 182. He's grown. He's grown. That's what he's doing. Well, and that's not unheard of for a young lad. Um, Look. I really like but, uh, Zach Taylor. I, I, his yeah. agility um, and his um, use of the ball, uh, first rate. His ability to get the ball, uh, first rate. Um, so I'm hopeful that he can build up an AFL-ready um, body over the off-season uh, because if he does, he could be a, a linchpin in our, in our midfield. I agree with you. So that, those two stood out for me, um, Pedler and Taylor. Another one that stood out for me is already played a couple of games. Worrell looked like an A-grade uh, player playing down in the Bs. He was a cut above one hundred percent. He's playing in the in the in the A's and doing very well. Has raised his self belief massively, and he just looked like. I know I'm better than these players, and he just—I thought he played excellently right through the final series. Very well summed up, Macca. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Um, he looked like an old head on young shoulders. He looked very assured. Um, looked a lot more confident in the air, Mac. Um, Didn't he? Was was making good position. Was strong in the contest. Um, loved it. Uh, almost a walk-up start next year, as long as he has a good preseason. Uh, Nat yep. Kervis showed some signs too, I thought, on, on a wing. Um, still pretty raw. Hasn't played a huge amount of footy, um, Nan Kervis. But uh, I reckon another 12 months into him and we might actually see him. And I reckon I reckon Luke Nan Kervis could be a smoky for that X-factor forward. Well, I, I like him as a wingman, actually, thing, because he's got, he's got very good pace and he's got very good running capacity as well. So... Uh, and his disposal was pretty good. I, yeah, he he had a pretty good series overall as well. 
every game I thought he did pretty well. So yeah, um, I, could, I could see yeah. him being a dynamic forward, Mac. It's good overhead. We haven't seen a lot of it on the wing, but he is good overhead and can take a hang too. Um, he can. Oh, just he's got some X, X factor about him. So whether he ends up on a wing or whether uh, whether they push him forward and see what he can do there, I'm not quite sure. Lucky Gallant seemed to tail off this year, which I was very disappointed about. Seems to need to put on some muscle and um, seems to have fallen into the Darcy Fogarty trap of uh, wrestling instead of just jumping. Um, and whenever he did jump, he seemed to be jumping under the ball a bit. Well, it was totally unexciting. I thought he was very poor in the whole series. Um, along with him, I'd throw in New Church. I mean, New Church, I, I do not understand how people week after week give rats on New Church because New Church is good when the ball's given to him out in the open, but that's not how football's played. Somebody has to get the ball, and often it's in his area to get, and he doesn't. He doesn't go in hard enough. He doesn't work hard enough. He doesn't chase. There's not much I like about him at all, other than the fact that once he's got the ball in his hands, then I like him. But, you know, that's not enough. If You, you can't have a side that allows that. You, it's just too much. So Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I've, I've not been heavily uh, enamoured with Tariq the whole time. I don't think he works hard enough. I don't actually think he gets to the right positions often enough, um, Maka. He doesn't, um, doesn't. No, it doesn't work. Um, if he stays on the list, I could probably see them giving... He's a cat B, so I could see them giving him another year. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a, he's got a lot of work to do. Um, the yeah. lad that um, could replace him... Oh, we don't get NGOs anymore, do we? I was going to say Keeler might no, be... No, uh, we, no unfortunately, no. No, we don't. Yeah. No, so now, the other one who had a very good series was Himmelberg, I thought. I thought Himmelberg did pretty well. Look, I don't disagree with you, Mac, um, as we just focus on the uh, on the count. We've had, I think we've had round, out, round 18 now and only Petrarca got a vote out of uh, all those. Um, I think, I, do you know what, Mac? I think we've seen what we're going to get from Elliot. I don't think there's a yep. lot more left. Um, no. And, you know, at times I wonder whether it's enough. You know, uh, like I've used the, the old uh, Matty Robram analogy with, with him before, um, and I think maybe it depends on how we decide we want to structure up. Uh, we've obviously got Tex and Fogarty uh, next year with uh, Riley Thilthorpe probably sharing the ruck duties with um, O'Brien or Strawn. Um, I don't know. I, I'm glad that they re-signed him because I think it was worth a re-sign. Um, but, uh, I, I, I don't think we get much. I don't think there's much more improvement from Elliot, to be honest. No, the, the other thing, he is depth. And... Um also, if anybody does want to take uh, Himmelberg, at least he's contracted, so you can actually probably squeeze. That's right. Something, something slightly better out of him, but um, no, I, I think the for me, if you, what I took out of the, the whole series was, as I said, that I was really wanting Pedler to get himself one hundred percent right because he can be anything if he does. Um, yeah. 
and Taylor, really happy with him. Uh, Nankervis, really happy with him. And Worrell, very happy with him. So there were, there's some very good things, very good things about the series. And, um, yeah, and I can understand why the coach, Nix, is feeling pretty happy because he's saying, well, you know, we weren't a hopeless side this year and we've, and we've got some nice youngsters coming on. So round 19, uh, and there we have Brayshaw uh, alongside Lockie Neal on 24 points. Cripps also got two votes to get to 23 and took Miller, uh, making a little bit of a charge there on 22. Um, well, he had a very good finish of the year, Miller. I reckon Miller will well, get votes in nearly every game. Well, and they won games, Gold Coast, towards the end, didn't they? Uh, so yeah, he did. might get another six votes. It's an interesting one. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, what do you think about Turner? I like oh, uh, an extremely good SNFL player. Um, does he get a run in the ones? Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I was very annoyed that they took him, but I have to say this, watching him right through that final series, he's... At SNF level, he certainly has got class. There's no doubt about yeah. it because he can uh, he, he can get a hard ball, he can get an easy ball, he uses it either by foot, uh, he uses it very well. So there's not a lot and it's not a lot to dislike about his game. If he can translate that to AFL level, he'd be very very handy to have a uh, player to have in the side. So I think he probably will get a year, another year. I think um, he'll get another year, no doubt about that. I think he'll get another year. I'm wondering whether he whether he gets a look in at AFL level. Uh, well, that would be determined by how they train and they, they have their match sims, etc. Um, yeah. Well, put it this way, Macker: if if he's not in calculations for an A grade spot, then we should not give him another year. Well, that's exactly right. That's 100% right. He's either going to play A grade or not at all. Yeah. Um, somebody put a question mark. Borlase done now. The interesting thing about Borlase is that I'd written him off after the first two games, and he is, he is slowish. That's the one thing I don't like about him. He's a little bit slow. He, but he had a very good – the last uh, game we played, I thought he had a very good game. And um, But still, that's that. Sample level, not AFL level, and I think he would get found out for pace at AFL level. Uh, I'd love him to be about five centimetres taller, Mac. Yeah, well, exactly. He's he's a big lad, he, but he's just well, a tweener size, isn't he? Yeah, okay. If another three or four inches taller, it'd be beautiful, and then you do, then you you can forgive that slight lack of pace. But the, at the size he's at, he's got to be much quicker. Um, so, yeah, he sort of twits him in between and, yeah, he's probably well, he's, not. Yeah, he's got to offer something. He's, at that size, he's got to offer something else. Um, yep. And I just, uh, I don't think he has got any anything else, unfortunately. I really like him. He was good for Sturt when he used to play for Sturt before he got picked up. Um, I like him, but I, I, I just th- feel like he's a tweener and... Uh, it's a shame because he's a solid lad, and if he was key defender size, then he'd be uh, really good. But uh, uh, not right now, I don't think. 
Mr. Brayshaw uh, takes the lead on 25, 25 votes. Well, interesting. Why did Davis only play one of the Sandpool games? I don't know. Oh, in, Marty Magic says injury. Okay. That explains that. Yeah, we've got Miller on 25 as well. Uh, took Miller on 25 now, above Lockie Neal on 24 and Cripps on 23. Yeah, well, Miller was my bolter if there's going to be one to win. Uh, but, uh, gee, tell you what, have a look at it. <laughs> have a look at it. And those first four, any of those can win that. And Oliver comes over very solidly too, I know. Yeah, it's Oliver a might camp. get a couple towards the end. It's a good camp. And now Paddy, and now Paddy Cripps on uh, 26, Mac. That'll warm the cockles of your heart. Oh, yeah. Cripps 26, <laughs> Brayshaw 25, Miller 25, Neil 24. All right, uh, Page in motion. Right, you are right. Seriously good. How Cripps can get three again when, when we won. Bloody good yeah. point. Cripps Seriously wasn't best on ground in that game. He wasn't best on ground in that game. He got 40-plus, but he wasn't best on ground. Um, I, every every time he gets I, I just I'm sick of him. <laughs> I'd still have him in my team every day of the week. I didn't say that, but in terms of when it comes to every brown, like, this guy gets so much more than he deserves every time. Disagree. Anyway, um... So, yeah, look, I think um, I'd like to see Turner in the ones. I'd like to see what he could do. And I'll tell you where I'd like to... I'll tell you where I'd be interested to see what he could do, and that would be up forward, you know. Well, to me, me he looks like he's like the type of player you could play virtually anywhere, actually, Um, in terms of either on the ball, which is where they did play him, um, I think you could play him on a half forward flank or even in a pocket. Um, but I also think you could, you could also possibly play him on a half back flank as well. I think he's a pretty yeah. versatile type player. Pretty versatile. I think it could, yeah. he's pretty senior and uh, uh, he's got a lot of faith in, the, in his own ability. Um, what would happen though, if he goes up to AFL level, it will be that little level faster and will he have that same ability to do the same thing? But I think you won't know unless you try. And uh, well, look. It's I don't see Siege Girl. He probably could be a waste of a pick, but look, Davis has sat there for six years and done nothing, so he's got to go. It, look, if it works out, we've got a spare spot. I'd give it to him. I'd like to. I'd like to understand why Siege Girl is so adamant, uh, because he was probably out. Turner was probably our best player through the final series he in was. the SNFL. Well, he so I don't I don't know how he was a waste of a pick. Anyway, um, yeah. So look, there's a bit coming through, but I I guess for us to say that the last couple of years drafting has been successful, they all have to come on, and there's question marks at the moment. Um, Question marks at the moment around whether Taylor can come up to fitness, uh, uh, up to size, peddler, whether he can uh, see out a the, season. The body. Nankervis, whether he can come on a little bit more. I think he will. Um, 
So there's there's a few players there that if they come good, if they continue their trajectory, um, and if they turn into AFL ready play AFL fit players, then all of a sudden we don't have a bad stock of midfielders with Berry, uh, Schoenberg, um, Saligo already in the mix. Um, so, and if you chuck a uh, Matthias Philippou in there, for example, um, see a bit more Josh Rochelle through there, maybe a bit of Isaac Rankin through there. All of a sudden, Macca, it's uh, not looking too bad, right? I agree. I think that you've got to rotate Rochelle and Rankin both through that midfield at times. You just have to. And that's, uh, you know, both of them have played the position when they were in their youth. So it's not like it, it's something that they've never played before. So, um, to get the maximum out of there, there, and both of them have got an uncanny, uncanny ability, so you want to get the most out of it. Yeah. Now, a question I have is um, around the ruck, and it, to me it's not the most important part of the uh, ground, but it's certainly um, one where if you can get a lot out of your ruckman, like we've seen with Melbourne with Max Gorn, um, it's certainly a bonus. Now, Riley O'Brien had... Um, an interesting season in my opinion um, his best was very good and his worst was terrible yeah good summary lots, lot, lots been said about him over the last uh, season um, Kieran Strawn to me has taken every chance that's been given to him uh, as An- Inquisitor uh, puts up on the chat Hickey was pretty good last night and uh, um you know, uh, had played an integral role in the game. Uh, we've seen how well Geelong used Blitzarves in the ruck as well and, and him being almost a, another midfielder the way with his mobility. But he's a fairly unique player. What are we doing there? What are we doing there, Mac, with the, with the ruck? Well, I thought that Strawn played very well in the, the games that I saw well, in, in all the finals, except I thought he didn't not so well in the in the last one. Yeah, I thought that he probably could, did. That was probably his poorest game. The other two, he was quite dominant, I thought. But uh, look, I think he's ha- capable of playing A grade, but uh, we've got this situation that we've got two blokes that probably are okay, but they aren't really what we want. I think we need much more mobile-type rugs. Interesting, I mean, you take somebody like Hickey, for example, that was his fourth club he's played at. So he's always been the um, second or third fiddle at, at each club. But because people yep. get injured, he always ends up, always ends up playing. Yep. And, he actually, and he plays okay. So I don't know whether there's, whether there's another one of him somewhere around like that. Um, because the guys that we've got, uh, they aren't the quite, they aren't what you'd want as the perfect ruckman. You, Rob, but you know he busts his ass, but you know when he hits a ball, it could go bloody anywhere. And um, he he does run, but he, he but he's not agile. He's not agile. Uh, Strawn is a little bit more supple, but not greatly so, and um, and not quite as strong as Rob. But neither of them are what I would call the ideal ruckman. So. Yeah, it it wouldn't hurt if to see if it, like 
the uh, like that Lloyd Beak from Fremantle, for example, apparently is trying to look, uh, leave Frio and go to another club. So that type of player could be very handy. Well, here's what I think, Mac. I think Riley Thilthorpe becomes our number one ruck and Kieran Strawn becomes a forward. Lucky yeah. Neil just getting uh, three and going back up to 27 ahead of Cripps. Um, the reason I say that is because Strawn played a season in the SANFL predominantly up forward and played very, very well. And I can see Riley and Kieran forming a much more versatile um, combination, ruck forward combination, um, than uh, having Riley O'Brien in the mix. Riley O'Brien, unfortunately, if he's not marking around the ground, uh, as much as he's got a tank, he's useless in the ruck and uh, often costs us um, in terms of our... Uh, around the ground play because he spoils opposition and does all sorts of silly things. Um, I'd be interested in seeing how a Thilthorpe-Strawn um, combination went. Well, at least a bit more flexible because Rob's got the flexibility of an iron rod, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> he's got no flexibility at all. So <laughs> I, I, I'd be I'd be quite happy to go along the path that you're talking about um, because... Um, both of those players are great competitors and they can actually take a mark. And Phil um, uh, thought more he'd got he's the greatest flexibility because he has the ability to pick out around his feet like a, like a, a small guy can. So Phil uh, thought probably, yeah, I think you're probably right. It's, it's probably not a bad combination you're putting up. But what well, do you then do? With, what do you do with Rob? Brian? Well, he's... Oh, crikey. Just got crammed my hamstring. Um, look, well, I mean, he plays twos. Would you trade him? No, no. We, we need someone back there. Uh, GK can straw and kick for goal. Yes, he can. Um, he, uh, he he played forward quite well a couple of seasons back uh, in the twos. He's, um, he's quite no, a lot of for goal. I don't think you'd trade O'Brien because I don't know whether Strawn's got a full season in him, Mac. So I think there are going to be times when um, you're going to need to bring uh, a decent second ruck in. Um, but uh, you'd, I, I'm really in favour of bringing a young lad in if we can. Uh, I two think we votes, have to... Takes in 27. Well... That's fantastic. I, I wouldn't. I'd be very happy for Tuke Miller if he did win it. He, as I said, he was uh, my dark horse, and that's not because of his colour. Um, oh, he was, okay. No, I just want to make that clear. That I'm not making any funny no, jokes like that. We know. The guy who never gets the proper recognition because he played for Gold Coast all the time, whereas where Patrick Cripps. Plays for bloody oh, Carlton. Get, give it up, for he, God's sake. He gets three for giving the umpire a chewy. Scoot's in the toilet, so let's update the Brownlow. We have Miller and Neil tied on 27 votes at the moment with one round to go. Um, Cripps on 26 can still win it. 
technically Brayshaw on 25 can still win it too. Right. That's where we're at. Well, I don't know whether... I don't know whether Miller. Now, I don't know whether Miller polls in the last round. I can't remember. I can't either, Faint. I can't. No. It's very no, hard I to remember. Can't remember. I mean, Razor said Crips over the line. Don't say that, mate. <laughs> uh, what was it? Let me just have a look at the uh, at the last round scores. Yeah, you do that. Uh, yeah. Right, round 23. Where are we? Come on, round 23. So the line's got belted, so you don't think Neil gets Neil might get one. Uh, mm. The Dockers beat the Giants, maybe Brayshaw. Uh, the Suns Ooh. belted North. Suns Ooh, belted North. Yes, I remember the game, and Miller was everywhere. It was like a rat. And and Carlton lost by a point to Collingwood. Well, I reckon it's Miller's. I'm calling it Miller. I reckon it's Miller's. I oh, hope it'll so be well deserved, like you say. I'm I'm so pleased with him if he gets it. I really am. But this guy, I heard him talking about it. He made his mind up. I can't remember. He said but two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. He yeah. wanted he wanted to take himself from being run of the mill average player. To get, he watched the elite player and he wanted to be one of them, and he's done everything possible to do it. And if he does get it, even if he doesn't get it, I take my head off to him. He's had an outstanding season. Yeah, here we go. Why are you wearing twenty-three? We might just. uh, You said you took your hat off to him. I don't know why you're wearing a hat. Um. Well, see, it's actually since the radiotherapy, and I've got no hair left. I have to wear something. (laughs) Mate, you didn't have much beforehand. Mate, or, at least I had. I, I'm going to allow people to watch this last round, so we'll have a little yep. bit of... We'll, I've got it going we'll on in it. the background here. <laughs> so I'm just going right. to watch it real quick. Here's, here's yep. Brayshaw. Yeah. Sam Taylor. Uh-oh. Is it? Is it? Oh, didn't get a vote, Brayshaw. No, no vote. So he, he's out. He, he's out. North Mill versus Gold oh, Coast. Come on. Go Miller. Come on. Go Miller. If he gets three here, he's home. Come on. Come on. Oh, oh no. Yeah. God. Oh, no. Don't leave for that rotten Crips to get I'm it. calling it now. I'm calling it now. Patrick Cripps has won it. Oh, no. Break his leg or something. Oh, Here's Brisbane. He's looking near. Oh, he won it. And they're saving the bloody... Uh, Brisbane, uh, oh, lucky Neil got a vote. In a side that got beaten by 50 points, Lockie Neal got a vote. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Wow. But that, rot- but that rotten Crips, he could still get there. Here we go. Here it goes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh. 
Please don't. Is there a God? <laughs> I surely can't don't get the three. Oh, oh no. Oh. oh no. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> the prick got it. Oh. He got it. He got it. Yeah. Well, I hope you umpires are bloody satisfied with ruining the whole brown one. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's shite. That is shite. Oh, dear. Can't kick over bloody jam. Can't kick over jam bar. Handballs in midair all the time. Look, in fairness, I'd, let's just read out uh, Took Miller's disposals. 25 touches in the last quarter, uh, 12 kicks, 13 handballs, 3 marks, 7 tackles, 400 metres gained. Uh, he got uh, 2 inside 50s, 4 centre clearances, 7 score involvements, uh, disposal efficiency 76%, 13 contested possessions. Uh, Anderson and Swallow both got slightly more possessions than him. Um, but uh, wow, Ains, who was that last round? Was it Ainsworth in the last round that got the? Who got it in the last round for the Suns? Oh, oh no, it was Swallow. Oh. Swallow, oh. Anderson, and Sexton. How did Sexton? Alex Sexton, fourteen touches. 14 touches, 6 marks. He must have kicked a few goals, did he? Oh, he kicked 6 goals. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Have a look at it. Crikey. In the uh, Collingwood game... I'm a siege girl. This is disgraceful. Let me just uh, find the Collingwood game. And really what... what even, they, in it, the game that we beat them in... He got three votes in that game. Yeah, no, that was the one. That they don't that normally give one. it to the losing side, but that that's what really did it. Yeah. But so Crips was Crips was game high, thirty five touches. Yeah. Twelve kicks, twenty three handballs, five tackles, twelve clearances. Well, um, who's the highest? Eight, eight in eight inside fifties. No, I'm talking about the Carlton game, Carlton-Collingwood game. I mean, he had a very good game, 27 contested possessions, Macca, in that game. You can't. I mean, you can't begrudge him three votes in that game when you look at it. Well, technically you're right, but I begrudge him anything. <laughs> Let's have a look at the game. What was the game versus us? What round was that? That's fairly early. Oh. No, it was the second one. It was the one that okay, we... Yeah, what, one that yeah, we it was the second one. Oh, it's pretty late in the season. Round 22. Round 22. Let's have a quick look. No, sorry, 21. Seeds is correct, that's all. Come on, Seeds. Um, where, no, it wasn't 21. Yeah, it was she's 20. Had... Round 20. So here we go. Let's have a look at the player stats for round 20. Um, so 41 touches he had. Yeah. What about uh, for us? Uh, highest was Brodie Smith with 37. 
We're led with 32. Oh, my God, Father. Um, Sam Walsh got 40 touches. What did he pull in that game? Let's go back. Oops. What have I done here? Let's go round by round. Smith got one vote. Round 20. It was rigged. That's not liking me. That's why you're doing that. I've just got to yell out to Mrs. Macca. <laughs> What's going on? It was on rigged. Here? What have I done? What have I done? She, she just nodded her head and agrees. It was rigged. Get back there, ladies and gentlemen. Round by round. Oh, look, okay. just to prove what a great sport I really am, congratulations to Patrick Cripps. No, well, what, you don't mean that. I didn't say I meant it. I was just, just, I was just round saying. Twenty. Round 20, here we go. So Ben Keyes got two votes in that game. Ben Keys, twenty-one touches, fourteen and seven. So um, Brody Smith didn't even get a vote in that game, did he? Oh, he got one vote. Keys got, got two. One. Cripps got three. Yeah, and we beat them by I, thirty points. I honestly and Sam, thought that. And, and Sam Walsh, who got one less kick, three more marks. Half the clearances, same inside 50s, same clearances, uh, slightly less. Yeah, didn't, yeah, nah. I honestly it, thought that Smith would get the three for that game. I mean, in a, in a losing side, Cripps should have got one vote in that game. Yeah. In my opinion. Anyhow, look, he, I suppose... We have to accept it, and it's it's happened, and he's uh, he's won it, and he'll, forever he will be a Brownlow medalist. So, and guess what, Maka? Congratulations! Guess what? You and I aren't Brownlow medalists, so I guess he's laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> well, he will be. Yeah. If he Never wants to share mind. his wants to share his winnings, I'll, I'll be all for him. Well, the thing that annoys me the most, Mac, is that uh, being a bit of a G for Patrick Cripps throughout the last three seasons and thinking that he was uh, on track for a good one at the start of the year, I didn't put any money on him for the Brownlow. That really annoys me. Well, I have to thank Scoot, quite rightly, says I should get a Brownlow. <laughs> Mac deserves a Brownlow. <laughs> oh, come on, Scoot. He just pump up his tyres way too much. <laughs> uh, well deserved Brownlow too. Thanks, Scoot. Well, look, uh, I reckon that's about us done. Uh, that was a bit exhausting towards the end there. <laughs> it was oh, dry, no, we've got, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got some other stuff to do yet. Um we? Because more imp- yes, more importantly, Mac, more importantly, we've yes. got the... Um, 
We've got the uh, the Crowcast MVP awards to dish out because, of course, right. we voted. We've we voted during the course of the year on who we thought would be uh, uh, MVP for the Crows. Um, so, and first of all, let's announce the uh, the listeners MVP. And I can right. tell you that uh, without any surprises whatsoever, Geordie Dawson. Uh, won the Crowcast MVP um, yeah, quite so comfortably in the end. Yep. Very comfortably in the end, we had um, he had 173 points. Uh, second was Lady uh, had 111. Tex on 105. Ben Keys on 94, and Sam Berry on 82 had a very good year. So, thanks to everyone who. Uh, who voted in the listeners MVP? Um, what I'm actually going to try and do is get uh, get young Geordie on uh, before. That would be uh, good. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Let's see what I can do. Yeah. See if the see if Reese's uh, see if Reese's still got our back down there uh, in yeah, well, Adelaide, Crowsland. No, that would be that really would be good. I reckon those five are spot on, actually. Well, it's interesting because um, if you have a look at. Um, our MVP award, Mac. Oops, is that the right one? I'll change that. Uh. Okay. So the broadcast MVP, Mac. Geordie Dawson on first. We had a tie for second, Rory Laird and Ben Keys. We had uh, Tex coming in fourth and uh, Sam Berry in fifth. So pretty much the same players. So no one can give us a hard time about not knowing what we're talking about because our listeners actually agreed with us. The only difference was the uh, was the order. Um, so excellent. Uh, thanks to everyone who um, voted in. On the listeners' MVP, we will try and get Geordie Dawson on the cast to accept um, what you could only describe as the coveted Crowcast MVP. Um, well, it's a very, very, very valuable thing. Um, yeah. Seisman, we didn't mention Seisman, and um, Scoots raised well, that. But well, have we had? Any, we just, we had we just finish, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Don't just jump on Scoot because he's pumping up your tyres. Let's just stick to the format, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll take it from wherever it comes, mate. <laughs> oh, no, that's too easy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we will try and get Geordie on the cast. Um, obviously, our next cast will be um, in, during Trade Week, as we always do. We follow Trade Week. Uh, in the lead-up and also during the uh, long, drawn-out two-week trade week, fortnight, ten days, whatever it is. Um, so, uh, obviously, we won't have any cast between now and then. Um, we will also um, announce our chat MVP, our uh, footy tips winner, um, etc., etc., uh, at that stage. Um, seeds? No, I haven't heard anything about seeds at all. It's been very quiet. It's been very quiet, and it might be well in his interest to retire. Well, we'll see, won't we? Um, 
uh, you know, 12 months out because of concussion is a big deal. And, you know, you only have to look at, oh, what's his name? Um, Fennec in the uh, in the NRL. McCart- oh, yeah, well, yeah. Mario Fennec well, he- in the NRL. He's 60 years old, um, struggling with dementia, uh, early onset dementia as a consequence of multiple yeah, concussions. Yeah, I, I read that. I read that. Yeah, t- terrible. But, but, terrible. But you took, like, Paddy McCartan so many years before he could come back and play again. Yeah, and look, shout out to Paddy McCartan too, making a grand final after all that heartache. Uh, fantastic um, for him, uh, you know. But look, it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? With seeds, I just uh, I don't like it. It, it I don't. I don't. I, I would just I would just prefer that he um, he chucked it in. To be honest with you, look, he's an outstanding player at his best, but. You yeah. don't want to see somebody uh, potentially risk, the, uh, risk their life in, in comfort by just playing footy. You just don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, Fatty Magic, that's an excellent story. Sam Siggins won the uh, Tassie uh, Best and Fairest, uh, which would be which is great considering that he left in... Uh, it's crime. Um, yeah, in uh, funny circumstances as well. So uh, that's very good. All right, look, let's wrap it up, Macca. Uh, it's been fun. Thanks so much to everyone who's joined us uh, uh, during this little fun little podcast that we've had watching the uh, the uh, Brownlow medal. Uh, we've had quite a good showing on YouTube, which has been great. Uh, the people on the cast have been on the chat have been very good. Razor, I haven't made mention of your Packers. Um, uh, logo on your chat avatar there, but I'm going to delete it because uh, we don't have anything Green Day in the Crowcast game. Just one other thing um, for those listening, um, Discord has just started up a forums feature, Macca. So we've got a couple of chats going one on trades and draft and a couple of others as well. I'm going to set up the forums. I've set one up for the trades and draft. It. I'm not sure how it'll go, uh, but let's test it out on the trades and draft and see whether it's not too clunky. If it's not too clunky, it'll be a, it'll be a, a, a way to keep the chat a little bit more organised on various topics. So have a crack at that. You can see that in the in the uh, channel uh, list on the on the left hand side there. If you're having a look, we will be back, Macca, on when's trade trade thing is on about the twenty eighth, I think. Well, but they have to. They have the grand final in the twenty eighth is probably when they start the uh, the restricted well the free agency thing, isn't it? Yeah, they do the delistings of the week before, don't they, or, or halfway through no, no, or no. something or other. No, uh, yeah, um, now before the trade period starts, there's about four days where only the uh, people like uh, Carl Amon. Etc. The ones that have gone to another club where they, or where that can happen in. What? Yeah, free agency period. There's a pre- free agency period about four days. I was here free agent. I mean, yeah, he is too, isn't he? Be pun. Yeah, any, anyway, look, that, I don't care about that. I'm just saying that we'll be back around then. Let me have a look at the at the thing. Keep an eye on socials. Um, we will. Um, 
We'll put up the dates uh, about uh, when we'll be previewing the trade. We'll probably come on the week before and just do a bit of a, um, a squad review like we've done in the past and, and preview the trade period. Uh, we'll work our way through that and then obviously the draft a little way later will finish us off. Until then, thanks to everyone for joining us on YouTube. Thanks everyone for joining us on Discord. Maka, take care of yourself. I will, mate. No, no, I'm doing very well at the moment. Uh, good to hear, mate. Good to hear. And uh, everyone take care of themselves. And we will see you in a few weeks for another podcast. Good night, all. Good night, all.